Well, hey there, church family. We are so glad that you're joining us right now. We love that you join in and worship with us here at Legacy Church Online. Now, I just wanted to remind you about three ways that you can give today. Man, I just love being part of such a generous group of people. So just so you know, you can give by mailing a check to our P.O. Box. You can stop by during business hours and drop it off in person. Or you can give anytime online at LegacyFamily.info. Just look for that giving card. Good morning, Legacy Church family. We're excited that you're joining us today. We have got a great word today. The Holy Spirit has stirred in me uh, uh, to bring to you an, a revelation about the gospel. And I want to show you in, in 1 Corinthians 15, it's a great chapter. And it talks about all that, that saw Jesus after he was resurrected. Uh, there were up to 500 uh, and, and all about that. There's victory over death and death has no sting anymore. Uh, it's a great chapter, but it talks about in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 1, about what the gospel is, and he, I'm presenting the gospel. But in the third and fourth verse, he really talks about it. And, and so I want to read 1 Corinthians 15, 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. In verse 4, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection uh, is the gospel. If you do not believe that Jesus has been uh, risen from the grave, if you don't believe that he's alive, then you can't be saved. That's what Romans 10, 9, and 10 says. You must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that he rose again. Uh, not just believing that he's the Son of God, but you must believe that he rose again because that's where the work took place for your salvation. And that's what we're believing God to open your eyes and reveal to you today. We're going to go through the book of John. And this is your homework. John 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. This was the last conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. If you had one day left to live, what would you say to your wife, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your family, to your cousins, to your co-workers? What would you tell them? Would you tell them they need to live for God? Would you tell them some things that would help them live for God? That's what Jesus did. It's why it's so important for us to know John inside and out. John was 80 some odd years old. He went back and wrote the gospel of John. And the Holy Spirit stirred him. Go back and write these things down. It will help people. It's helped me. It will help you today. So I'm going to bounce through uh, these first two or three because I really want to talk about the resurrection today. I really want us to focus on that. And I will go back and, and make reference to, to John 14 and 15 and some things in 16. Uh, but we're not going to read all of that for time's sake. But we're going to start and, and explain. And we will look at what Jesus did and why he had to do it is number one. Uh, sin reigned from the garden. Do you know Adam and Eve, they sinned in the garden when the serpent came being uh, led by the spirit, the, the, by, the, by the demonic spirit. Uh, the, the enemy, the devil, the serpent came in and spoke to Eve. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and lay it out there. I know there's a lot of jokes about Eve eating the apple. And, you know, was, and here's one. Adam and the boys were out plowing. And uh, one of the boys looked over there and said, man, that's a cool garden, Dad. And he goes, yeah, your mama ate us out of house and home. Well, that's a good joke, but it's not true because the Bible says Eve was de deceived and Adam was not. Adam knew his authority, knew that he should have stopped that, knew what to do. Adam was not created a dummy. He was given the spirit of God, the life of God, and he was very intelligent. And, and Satan tricked him and turned him and Eve and they bowed the knee and they lost their dominion. Uh, but I want to go back in Luke 4, 6. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, 
I want to read you something that he said to Jesus, and Jesus didn't rebuke it, or Jesus didn't say it wasn't true. And the devil came and said to Jesus, he goes, all this authority I will give you. Satan said, all this authority I will give you and their glory. And for this has been delivered to me or turned over to me, and I give it to whomever I will. Jesus didn't say that was wrong. Jesus didn't deny that because in, in Genesis 1:27, let me read you this. So God created man, man, male and female. He created them. So you and your wife, sir, you, you and your children, this is what God did. He created man in his own image and his own likeness. And he created him male and female. He created them. Verse 28 is very important. And God said, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Huh? Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of air, every living thing that moves on the earth. We're to subdue and have dominion. Subdue and have dominion. Adam and Eve had dominion and they subdued and then Satan came and took that dominion. And Satan had to learn that he had it. If you read the, the, the Bible through Job and all that, he didn't know exactly what he had. But when Jesus came, he knew what he had and he offered it to Jesus for Jesus to turn his back on the Father. And Jesus didn't do that. Glory to God. But listen, man lost it. But listen to this. And this is a secret. This is a key to what we really want to focus on in Matthew 28, 18. This was after Jesus had been raised from the dead and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a minute. Satan said, I've got this authority. Satan said, I've got, I've got all this authority that I can give to you. Now Jesus, after the, after the resurrection, said, I've got the authority. Woo! So he's got the authority, and we're going to learn that, that uh, what he did with that authority. He took it, and, and, and he took it from Satan, and he's given it back to us. Glory be to God. So let's look. Let, let's go. Let me just bounce through some things. In John 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, they took uh, the Passover meal. They, uh, Jesus then washed the disciples' feet. Oh, he was a leader, but he was a servant leader. Jesus identified his betrayer as Judas. And on all these things, Jesus tells Peter that he will deny him. Uh, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life in John 14. Jesus said uh, that, that, that the Father will be, God will be your Father. He's revealing the Father again. Uh, he talks about the Helper coming. He talks about peace in the midst of trouble. Trouble's coming, trouble's coming, but peace is coming right after it. Trouble's coming. When Jesus was killed on the cross, man, they, they, trouble hit him. And so even but the peace that Jesus gave them, it helped them to tarry through life when they had trouble themselves. Jesus said, I'm the vine. Jesus also said, if you walk in my ways, my love and my joy would be perfected in you. Man, that's some powerful stuff. Uh, he said, the world will hate you because the world hated me. Uh, he talks about the helper again. The Holy Spirit's going to come. The Holy Spirit's going to be your helper. He'll show you things to come. He'll help you through life. Uh, he'll, he'll bring to remembrance things that, that you need to remember. Uh, it's a great, strong word, love, remember. He warns uh, 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 the disciples and comforts them. He said that your sorrow will turn to joy. Uh, he prays for himself. He prays for the disciples, and he prays for us. Glory, glory. And so he was betrayed and arrested. So let's look in, in, in number two on your sheet. If you'll pull your sheet out and get your pen out and, and fill out these here. Jesus was punished and died for our sins. 
You know, Thursday night, Thursday began, uh, their days began in the evening. When the sun went down and the third star came up, that's when the new day began. Why you say the third star? Because it's not in the Bible that was written, but church history tells us, and, and the mouth, uh, in the Bible does say in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let something be established. And they decided that the third witness was the third star in the evening. When it came up, that started the next day. So that at night started the first of the day. We do at midnight, 12 a.m., uh, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., that's our new day. But their day started when the sun went down. And so when the sun went down, that's when Jesus, uh, he, he did all this Passover. He, he talked about this and, and his punishment began for us. That Friday night or that Friday, uh, that Friday night was as that evening. For us, it would have been Thursday night. But Jesus went to the garden. And that's where the battle began. In John 18, he's in the garden and he's praying. And, and the weight of sin, the pressures of life, uh, the things that make us stress out and have worry and care. Jesus took that and he sweat. He began to sweat great drops of blood. That, that's, that, that began the punishment. He carried our pains, our sorrows, our hurts. And you know that, that the soldiers came, Judas betrayed him. They came and we don't know for sure, but roughly around midnight, the, the soldiers came and they took Jesus. And guess what? The trials began. Man, who has a trial at, in the middle of the night? Man, he had six trials from, from midnight till, till about eight o'clock in the morning. Jesus had six trials. The first one was Annas, which was the father-in-law to Caiaphas, who was the high priest, but he was the trial to find out who Jesus was, whose disciples was, what his doctrine. And do we have the right man? And, and you know, say, well, that, that really wasn't a trial. Well, it was enough of a trial to get punched. They punched Jesus and they beat him at every trial. Uh, they whipped him and beat him at every, at every turn. It's crazy. Then he went to the high priest, to the high priest, and, and he talks to, you know, the high priest is questioning him, and somebody slaps him again, and, and they beat on him with the palm of their hands. They talk about it in, in the Word. And then he goes to the Sanhedrin. There's 23 judges there, and, man, they all ripped their crows. All of them found him guilty of blasphemy. That he said that he was equal with God because God was his father or he was the Messiah. They, they, they all found him guilty. And then they took him to Pilate because they wanted Pilate to kill him. They wanted Pilate. Pilate was a Roman. Uh, he was in charge. And Roman and he so the, this Roman, uh, he, he, he put Jesus up, asked him questions. He could find no fault in Jesus. So don't find any fault with this guy. Yes, he did. You know, they're screaming at him. So he finds out he's from Nazareth. So he sends him to Herod. And Herod was a Jew, but he was under Roman authority. He was a, 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 a Roman uh, citizen, and he was uh, in authority. Uh, he was king, so to speak. And he, could, he wanted Jesus to perform for him, to do miracles. And, and he had him beat as well. And then he sent him back to Pilate. Pilate said, I'm just going to have him scourged, which is horrible. But he goes, I don't want to kill him. You know, somebody said that they found no place in history where somebody was scourged and crucified. Jesus bore it all. It's a horrible death. And so we want to, uh, I want to remind you of those things. And they came and, and Pilate both times. I find nothing wrong with, I find no fault in this man. And they began to scream, crucify him, crucify him. And so he was beaten uh, by the Jewish soldiers, Herod soldiers, Pilate soldiers. Uh, he was scourged. And then John 19, uh, one through four, he was crucified uh, at, at about nine o'clock. He was on the cross till three o'clock. And they found out that he was dead. They put a spear in his side. Blood and water flowed. 
You can go to the Journal of American Medical Association and they did a uh, synopsis on what it meant to be crucified and you can read about it. And Jesus actually died of a broken heart is what, uh, what they said. That's why blood and water flowed. So I just want to look at all the punishment that Jesus took. Isaiah 53 said he was unrecognizable. Uh, he will bore our sins, our sickness, uh, all this beating, and even to the cross. The cross was the, the worst death uh, that you could have. And, you know, if you've ever heard somebody say somebody, you need to go to, you know, H-E-L-L-L, but they used to say back in the day, go to the cross. You go to the cross. That was the worst curse that you could put on somebody was to go to the cross. But I, I want to look at number three now on your list, uh, on your notes. Jesus was buried in a tomb and sealed. And so they took Jesus off the cross. Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, uh, Jesus' mother was there. Mary Magdalene was there. There was other people there. They took him off the cross and they buried him in a rich man's tomb. Uh, Joseph went and paid to have Jesus' body so they could take care of him. But they went back and the Romans sealed the tomb with a heavy stone. And they sealed it with mortar. Uh, you know, you don't, we don't think about them, but they had cement and mortar. And their, you know, their cement, it was better than ours. It's lasted longer than a lot of our cement. And, and they sealed that tomb. And that was good stuff. I'm just trying to say it, what they're saying when it, the tomb, when he was died and the tomb was sealed, it's final. It's over. It's done with. You can't get him out. It's sealed up. It's locked tight. You can't get in. But guess what? There is nothing to keep the Father out. Uh, God sent an angel down in, in, in Matthew 28, 2, and he rolled the stone away. And, and then he sat upon the stone. And some say, well, you know, he probably was 20 feet tall to be able to sit on that stone, or whether he was at or not, we don't really know, but he rolled the stone away. And so it was not final. And God uh, brought Jesus alive. And that's where I really want to pick up that uh, want to pick up that he was crucified, that he, he carried our sins. He was punished for us. He was he died. He was buried. And, and we'll talk a little bit later about what happened after he was buried. Because listen to me, when your body dies, it's not over. Your spirit man lives on. Your solical man lives on. Jesus told a story about the rich man and Lazarus. It's a true story. And they both remembered each other. They both remembered their life before. They both knew uh, things about their families. They remembered. And that's the torment of hell is that you remember every uh, moment you could have received Jesus. You should have received Jesus. And you rejected him because of people or circumstances or something else. And you never really looked at who, who he is. I want you to come face to face with Jesus today and what he's done for you. He died on the cross for you. He was punished for you that you could be free from sin and that sin would have no more dominion over you and that he rose again on the third day for you so you could have access to some things. And we're going to talk about those uh, as we move forward. So I'm about to read a lot of scripture and I want you to stay with me. But uh, uh, number four, Jesus arose again for our victory. Jesus rose again for our victory. And so this is a conversation we're going to start reading, a conversation that he had with his disciples. And I want to just remind you of this in John 14, 1. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, if you've been in church for any time, you've heard this before. He goes preparing. We talk about mansion, 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 mansion. Come on, because we don't live in mansions here. But forget the mansions just for a minute. 
Let's don't look at the mansions. Forget the mansions. He's preparing a place for you. With his death, burial, and resurrection, in the resurrection, he left and went to prepare a place for you that you can have access to God the Father and heaven and to the Holy of Holies. He's prepared a place for you. Think about this. I go to prepare a place for you. And verse 3, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. Did you know that we're seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus? See, we look at where we're at in the physical. We look around and the air we breathe and, and we can smell and we can taste the hamburgers that we eat. And we live in the physical, but in the spirit, we're in heaven with Jesus. Come on, open your eyes and hear this in Jesus' name. So we have access to heaven and the Father is what Jesus is saying. This is why, this is what happened, and this is why he died, was buried, and he rose again. So, so let's look at what Jesus did after he arose. Let's just talk about some of this. And we're going to read in John 20, and we'll start in verse 1 just to set this up. It said, now the first day of the week, turn to somebody said the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Jesus died on a Friday, buried, and he's in the tomb on Saturday, and on Sunday morning, well, what we call Sunday morning, and it was Sunday morning, that, that it, remember it again at sundown. And so this is Sunday morning, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. So she went at dark, at daylight, you know, it's, it's just not, sun hadn't come up quite yet and the, tomb, the stone's been rolled away. What's going on? So let's jump down to verse 11. And Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Somebody said, that's the Ark of the Covenant. Angel on both ends and God in the middle. That's Jesus. Isn't that good? And so, so and they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, because they have taken my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. So in John 20 and 14, and, and we're going to keep reading. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Now, what, what is that about? Because she was with him almost three years. She took him off the cross. And I know that on the road to Emmaus that he hid himself from the two men that he was talking to. But I think there's a little more here. I think that he didn't. He was, wasn't quite recognizable. Uh, because he had not yet been ascended. He had not yet been glorified. Uh, he's still carrying some stuff. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She's supposing him to, to be the gardener. Why? Why? Because maybe he, he looked a little dirty. Maybe he still had, uh, he, he's still the sacrifice. He's still the sacrifice, is what I'm trying to say, for our sins. And so, and so supposing it was the gardener said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will uh, take him away. In verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said, oh, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not touch me. Do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending. I am ascending to my Father and get this to your father. Everybody say his father and my father. 
See, this is, this is where Jesus is going. This is where he's preparing a place for you. Remember, we read it in 14, John 14. I go to prepare a place that you can say that God is your father. Man, that's a great place. He said, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples uh, that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Now that's through verse 18. So stop. This is the morning. The sun's just coming up. Jesus is talking to Mary Magdalene and said, go tell my brothers that I'm ascending to my father and to your father. Now hit this. We're going to pick up in verse 19. Remember, remember, this was in the morning and then, then the same day. Everybody say the same day. Then the same day at evening. Being the first day of the week when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled. They had the doors locked because they were afraid of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. He just appeared to them and said, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed his hands. He showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them uh, again, peace to you. And the Father has sent me, I also send you. He said, Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And, and as he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now they saw him die. They saw him buried and they saw him rose again. They saw him living. And now he breathed on them. I believe the disciples got saved. I believe they were changed. Uh, but, but, but let's talk about, let's back up just for a second. What happened to, between don't touch me and look at me now? You know, he, and, they, and, he, and they were allowed to touch him because he told Thomas, you know, just a little while later, put your hands in the holes, put your hand in my side. Do you believe you can touch me? You can feel me. I'm flesh. I'm not a spirit. I am flesh and blood. And what happened between the process of don't touch me and look at me now? And so let's talk about that just for a minute. What happened? It, let's look at Hebrews 9, 12. Hebrews 9, 12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained an eternal redemption. Glory. So he presented his body and his blood to the Father. The Holy of Holies in, 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 the, in the earth, in the tabernacles where God resided. Well, God resides in the Holy of Holies in heaven. And Jesus presented his body that was beaten, that was broken, that was whipped, that was nailed. And his blood for our redemption. He's going to prepare a place for us. He went to prepare a place for us with his body. He paid for it. And with his blood, he bought it. He bought us and he took us there. And, and so, so uh, that's, he, that's what he did. So in Ephesians 4, 8, the, I'm laying the foundation. Let's look. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, Jesus went up high, presented his body with his own blood. He bought our eternal redemption. So he ascended on high. He led captivity captive and gave, uh, uh, and gave gifts to men. In verse 9, this is Hebrews 4, 9. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. And he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Glory. Fulfilling all things is what, when he went to heaven, when he said, don't touch me, he went to fulfill all things. So listen, when Jesus was buried, he went to hell. People don't want to talk about that. They can't believe that their, their Lord and Savior went to hell. But he went to hell for us. He died for us. 
that we don't have to taste of that kind of death. Well, the Bible says when I leave this body, when my spirit leaves this body, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. It's a transition from here to the presence of the Lord. Every saint who dies leaves this body and they transfer right into the presence of God. Glory to God. But Jesus went to paradise, preached to all those men. Uh, the Bible calls them in Hebrews 11 and 12, uh, the saints of old, uh, a great, great cloud of witnesses that we have. And he went and he led them to heaven. And, and here's, here's, here's something kind of funny. If you don't really believe that, well, it's true. But um, this, this, is, this is what happened. Jesus went down and, and he also kicked the devil's teeth in. We'll get to that too in just for a minute. But he went and he led those out of paradise to heaven. And you say, well, how do you really know that? Well, the Bible says it in another place. So get this. Jesus said, hold on, guys. Hold on, ladies. I'm taking you to heaven with me. But hold on. I got to stop at the tomb and talk to Mary Magdalene just for a minute. She's a great sister that I have. And, and she's got to go tell the disciples some stuff. But while I'm doing that, I want y'all to hang out in Jerusalem a minute. What? In Matthew 27, 52 and 53, I'm not going to read it, but it said that when Jesus was, when he resurrected, that these people came and they walked through the streets of Jerusalem and they had been dead and they started declaring the works of God, the glory of God, that Jesus was really who he really was. And they testified, you know, they're walking around looking there. I used to live in this house. I was living in the same house and they explained who they were and where they'd been. Glory be to God. They testified of Jesus. So he led captivity captive. He stopped and talked to Mary, and then he took them all to heaven with him. Glory be to God. So let's go to number five on your sheet, and let's talk a little bit about it. Sin was destroyed, and dominion was restored. Remember number one? Man lost it. Sin, uh, when they bowed to, to wrong, or when they bowed to sin, sin began to, began to dominate man. Satan began to dominate man. But Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. That's the scripture. And he also, our dominion was restored. Do you, have, do you know you have dominion? You take dominion every day. Don't act like you don't know. You don't know about your spiritual dominion, but you know about your physical dominion. You take dominion over your body. When it's tired, you go to sleep. When your body's hungry, you feed it. Huh? Do you take dominion? Do you let any stray cat in your house? Or do you have the dominion over your house? Do you let strangers in your house without permission? No, you take dominion over your house. And if you don't, you're in, you're in trouble. But you have spiritual dominion that you need to be taken. Jesus paid the price for it. Let's look at it. Let's look in John 12, 31. Let's go back. Jesus is kind of laying some, he's throwing some stuff in there as he's talking in John 13, 14, 15. But John 12, 31, he says, now is the judgment of this world. Satan's the God of this world. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to take it back. I'm getting ready to take it back. This is the purpose. For this reason was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil, that he might take back dominion, that he might destroy the power of dominion of sin. In Romans 6, 14, that's what it says. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Say it with me. For sin shall not have dominion over me. For you are not under the law, but under grace. So what does that mean? If sin don't have dominion over you, guess what? Satan's been lying to you. And you've been listening to the wrong thoughts. 
Well, you're hooked. You'll never get rid of that. You'll never quit that. You'll never do this. You'll never be a success. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Nobody loves you. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be around you. You don't have any friends. He is a liar. Jesus is a friend that's just closer than a brother. Quit listening to the lies. He's, that's all he's got is lies. He has no dominion. He has no authority. He's just going around talking people into doing stupid stuff. Every stupid stuff that I've done in my life, Satan has led me down that path. He's hooked my flesh. He's hooked my talk, talk to my mind, beat me down, discourage me, want to make me depressed, want to make me quit. He wants to make, he wants to beat us down with lies. When God is for us, and if God is for us, who can be against us? When God is on our side, come on, Jesus died that we could take dominion over sin and over death and over hell and over the devil. Listen to this. Satan's been lying. Jesus took dominion 2,000 years ago in Revelations 1.18. Jesus said, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to hell and death. Where did he get those keys when he went to hell? He took the keys from hell and death from Satan and said, no more. No more will you have dominion. No more do you have the right. No more. No more. I take it from you. I take the fear of it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let people be afraid to die anymore. I'm not going to let people be afraid that, that you're going to rule and, and reign over them. But you know what? He's still running around with lies, but he has no more dominion. He has no more of the keys. Jesus took them and he took dominion. Colossians 2.14. Jesus having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, having disarmed the devil. He made a public spectacle of him triumphing, triumphing or beating them all together. Every one of them. Somebody said it like this. They said he took, you know, if the devil has a horn and a tail and all that, that Jesus took him by the horn and drug him around hell and pointed to every demon and said, you followed this, you followed this, you followed this. Huh? And that's where 1 Corinthians 2.8 comes, which, which none of the rulers of this age knew. We're talking about the demonic spirits. If they had known, for if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because they lost it all when they crucified Jesus. They lost it all. When he said, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? They thought, well, shoot, we got him. You know, God's turned his back on him. But no, God said, no, -uh, he's mine. He's mine. It was all a setup to destroy the works of the devil. That's why you can go to the cross and you can lay anything that's tormenting you at the cross. That's why we're going to receive communion here in just a moment. We can take communion. His body was broken. His blood was shed. And we can receive anything that we need in this life. Peace and joy. Come on. How about that God will begin to speak to us. Romans 8 declares that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. God wants to lead you. Come on, you need to ask Him to lead you, speak to you. Because of the blood of Jesus, you can hear the voice of God. Never thought about it that, have you? So, so a lot of people are waiting on God to take authority and to do something. God's already done something. He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus, and He has given us permission access and authority to walk in what Jesus has supplied for us. Whoa, that makes us responsible. 
Yeah, we're his representatives. The Bible says that we're ambassadors for Christ, that we're his ambassadors, that we're supposed to represent him well, that we're supposed to take a stand, that we're not supposed to be moved off of the word or off of anything but be led by God. Are you being led? Do you, are you standing on the promises? We preached that a couple of Sundays ago. Are you standing on the Do you have faith for the promises of God? Are you standing on his promises? Mm, I'm going to finish with a couple of more. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them. I read that after number one. All authority has been given to me. After he was risen, he's talking to them. He's commissioning them. This is the great commission. And he said, all authority has been given to me on heaven, in heaven and, in, and on the earth. In heaven and on the earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Jesus said, this is the manner you're going to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has authority on earth and heaven. Uh, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. That means we're supposed to be calling heaven to earth. That's part of our, our plan, our mission. This is what Jesus has commissioned us to do. I read it last Sunday. Ephesians 1, 9. It's not in your notes. Write this down. Ephesians 1, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, demonic spirits, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. So in this world, every knee has to bow, every name has to bow. And in the world to come. We know in the world to come. But how about now? And all things he put under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. If Jesus has all dominion and authority and he has put all things under his feet and he gave uh, who to be the head of it all? The church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. And he has quickened us, made us alive to these things. Wow, this is, this is, this is out there. This is powerful. Jesus did that for us. So back to your notes. And we're going to close. We've got two more. I, in Matthew 16, 19, Peter said, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And listen to what Jesus said. And I'm, I'm preaching that he's the Messiah, the Son of God today. He's risen from the grave. And he said, I'll, if you'll get to understand this, if you'll know this, he goes, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed into heaven. What Not heaven where God's at. There are three heavens. I'm going to give you a real quick synopsis. Three heavens. The heavens where you see the clouds. The heavens where you see the stars. And the heavens where God is at. The Bible talks about these heavens. And the heavens he's talking about is over the earth. Or over, over the, in the spirit realm. Powers and principalities. Daniel dealt with them. Uh, and the 21 day fast that he went through. Because there were spirits over the, the country where he was at that hindered God. Ooh, so that we need to be binding this, 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 this demonic spirit of the coronavirus. We need to be binding this demonic spirit that wants to abort babies. You ever thought about it being a demonic spirit controlling people? The devil doesn't do it, but he does it through people. There are principalities and powers over New York, over California, uh, over New Orleans, over major cities, and they're different than where I'm at, but I have them here. Deal with them every day. 
Come on, we have authority. You need to begin declaring this coronavirus dies in the name of Jesus. It's over in the name of Jesus. Victory is ours in the name of Jesus. We win and not lose in the name of Jesus. If I get it, I overcome. But I declare it don't come near my dwelling in the name of Jesus. Come on, I've got the answer. I've got the victory no matter what. Well, they, well, well what if you die from it? Well, I bounce into heaven. I still got the victory. You know in battles that there are people who, 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 who die in battle? Well, I'm going to die in battle. I want to die fighting. I'm not going to die and cowering and whimping around, not knowing, uh, not walking in what I'm supposed to walk in. And I want to walk in it. And I want the victory for you too. Do you know that I've been praying for people? We've got nurses that call, call me and, and doctors that call me and they have been healed from it. Mm. Some of them didn't even get it. Some of them that got it didn't last three days. Come on, that's the power of prayer. Not me, I have a team. I have a team that prays over people. And these people have been healed and delivered and set free from this mess. Come on, so we got we to rally and use our authority. We got to use our, 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 our power that God has God given power to pray against this and to believe God for people to be set free from this and delivered from it. Hebrews 4.16. It's the last thing I want to say. Uh, this is our last scripture. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. That's the place Jesus prepared for you. I go to prepare a place for you. You can walk boldly into the throne of grace and obtain mercy or help or you know what? You'll walk in the throne of grace and God presence will overshadow you it's called prayer it's called fellowship and you can pray and you can worship and you know what scriptures will begin to come to your mind and you can go dig out these scriptures that that God's putting in your heart today in this message right here that you have dominion and authority and you need to be taking it uh if somebody was was slapping your kid around and being a bully to your kid children would you not want to stop that come on well why don't you want to stop this demonic bullying that's going on in the earth today Let's take authority over it. Let's believe for revival out of this. Let's believe that what the enemy meant for bad or horrible or terrible, that God will turn it to the good because God loves me. God loves you. God loves all the Christians in the earth. And God wants more Christians, more people to be turned to him. And you know what? He'll use what the devil meant for evil and turn it. Come on. Victory belongs to us. We don't lose. We win. We win. We're overcomers. More than conquerors, the word says. We're more than conquerors. We have victory even in death. Woo! Victory. Come on, get my, get my pom-poms out and let's do some victory shouting because everybody's talking about death, 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 death. It's victory, victory. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. I can spell it. I may not can say it good, but I can spell it. We have the victory in Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. So maybe you're sitting there and you don't know exactly what this is about. I want you to give your heart to Jesus. I want you to recognize what Jesus has done for you. Sir, ma'am, he died on the cross for you. That's what we just celebrated. Recognize. We just don't do this on Easter. Matter of fact, I've done it twice this week. We need to do this as often as we can. Get whatever you can. Cracker, water. Maybe you can't go to the store and get juice because you're locked down. Take communion. Come on, communion. Fellowship with God. Take fellowship with God. Come on, read the book of John. Hey, new Christian, read the book of John. Study it. Go through that. Don't get into the Old Testament just yet. Just go through John. Read John. Read John over and over. 
Find out the love of God. Find out what everything that God done, has done for you. So I'm going to reach out. So let me pray over you and we'll close. Father, we thank you that your word goes forth and that it sets in the heart of man, that you stir in them, open their eyes to everything that has been prepared for them. Lord God, the uniform, the armor, Father, this life, the authority that we have as a believer, that we might know who we are, that we have access to everything, that we have access to be the children of God, the authority that God has given us, the, 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 the anointing that God has given us as believers. Father, let us see those things. Let us walk in them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, church family, what an incredible opportunity it is to be sons and daughters of God. I am just in awe today, and I'm so glad that you joined us. I just wanted to remind you, in case you didn't see it earlier, about the three ways you can give. You can mail a check, you can drop it off at our office, or you can go online to LegacyFamily.info. And remember what the Word says about giving with a cheerful heart. We are praying for you. We love you so much. And if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out to us here at Legacy Church. We hope you have a great week.